What's up, everybody? Welcome to Hapticast, episode number 38. My name is Josh Toll, and I am joined by my good friend, as always, Brett Roberts, and our AI companion, HBot. Welcome to Hapticast. Hello, Brett. Hello, HBot. Hello, Hello, everybody. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. So it's been a few weeks since we have done a pod. Uh, For those of you that were wondering where we were, don't worry about it, okay? I'm kidding. We uh, we already went into it on our Resident Evil 4 stream, but basically, uh, Brett, somebody in Brett's house uh, caught the virus, uh, as Borat would say. Um, and then, you know, we've been busy with our Resident Evil 4 live stream series, which we wrapped up last night. And then I got the vaccine for the virus. That's right. And got deathly, deathly ill from the vaccine. That's right. So... Right, so we're now anti anti vaxxers. Um, just kidding. No, we're not. Uh, we're both fully vaccinated at this point. That is true. Um, so we can start, uh, you know, taking down some of the the. Uh, you guys can't see it on camera because it's super thin, but we have plastic barriers in between us in HQ here that we can take down now. So, but yeah, I'm excited. Me too. I'm ready to fucking swap cummies with you. Trade jizzle. We do that juice. anyway. It's true. Yeah, we do that anyway, though. Uh, quick rundown of our topics for you all today. We are going to be discussing PlayStation and some recent news slash controversy surrounding them, and then Jim Ryan's statements about some upcoming games, potentially, for PlayStation. Um, we're going to be talking about Resident Evil 4 VR, which got announced at Capcom's uh, showcase a couple weeks ago, uh, or last week. Cup. Yep. Uh, then we'll be talking about... Uh, Knights of the Old Republic and rumors about a remake being made by that. And then we have an awesome indie game for you all this week discovered by Mr. Brett Roberts himself called Unbeatable, uh, which we will discuss. Excited about that one. It's fucking slick. So, yeah. Uh, with that being said, Brett, why don't we start, as we always do, with discussing our... Uh, uh, wow. You ever have the lights just turn yeah. off for a minute in your head? Uh, yeah, but thankfully there's someone here to turn them back on for you. Flick that little uh, breaker switch for you. Uh-huh. Media consumption update. That's right. So games that we're playing, right. stuff that we're watching. You want to start or you want me to start? Yeah, I'll just run through real quick. Um, mm-hmm. First of all, we have, uh, you know, because of everything that's been going on, we haven't really been playing many games. Right. Um, I've been watching a lot of, of TV and, and movies and stuff. Uh, keeping up with Invincible. Wow. What a great show. One episode left uh, from the time we're recording this, so I'm really excited to see what happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you're really enjoying it as well. That's right. Um, watching the anime Dr. Stone. I'm mm. catching up on that as episodes are released. Very right. great show as well. That's if right. you haven't seen it. Yep. Uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I actually just wrapped up before we recorded today. Um, Josh and I were kind of chatting about it before uh, the the show, and um, I'm it, it's it's okay. I think the last three episodes are the best of the series. Uh, episode five is probably the best episode in the whole series, in my opinion. Right. Um, with six right behind it. Josh hasn't finished it yet, so we're gonna not spoil anything. We're not gonna say anything. But if you're on the fence about watching it, I will say Falcon and the Winter Soldier. It sucks because 
the show sucks, in my opinion, and you have to watch it to know what's going to happen in the MCU in the future. Right. So um, it's unfortunate, but that's that's how it is. Um, some great moments, some great fight scenes, some great action, and some great reveals. And, uh, you know, the circumstances of the show going forward are going to have a huge impact on the rest of the MCU. However, the show just didn't do it for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, games, I mean... Have I been playing games? I mean, I feel like I, I really have just been playing Apex, trying to get that battle pass done. Yes. Um, and I, I don't want to forget to mention, Josh, we actually played Apex with a subscriber yeah. the other day. That's right. Uh, Daniel. So shout out to Daniel. We played some Apex with you. A couple of great games. Didn't get to dub, mm-hmm. uh, but maybe next time. And, uh, you know, if you want to play some games with us, add us on PSN, on Xbox, mm-hmm. on Steam and all that. Um, I'm sure we have our... Uh, our username somewhere you know on screen or on our twitter accounts which you can follow us right now yeah um but yeah that's it josh that's really all that i have had uh going on i've been very sick i've been dealing with a very sick uh fiance mm-hmm. so um i'm ready to uh you know get back in the saddle and play some games get back in the saddler back in the saddler which wow. by the way if you're not watching our resident evil live streams we completed the whole resident evil 4 uh video game josh's first time playing it that's right and uh we, we just wrapped it up last night, so we're still a little high off of that. Mm-hmm. Um, why don't we segue right there, Josh, since you just finished Resident Evil 4. Mm-hmm. That's what we've been playing. What did you think of Resident Evil 4? Yeah. Um, listen, it's a great game. Um, it has, as I reviewed and put my review on GG app, make sure you follow us on GG if you're not, uh, and shout out to GG uh, as well. They're doing great stuff over there. Um basically letterbox for video games for those of you that don't know uh but i think it's a great it's a great game uh clearly super formative like if i had to go back in a time capsule to when that game came out uh, that is the standard and kind of what projected the um you know survival horror genre kind of in that direction um i loved it i do think the last two chapters meander a little bit and have some padding in there that's definitely not needed um just from a critical standpoint i didn't mind it i was just like yeah this is not um necessary you know it just feels like extra padding to add gameplay on top of it um has some super over-the-top moments like anime style moments which are uh really cool and i fucking love um characters just jumping backflips 20 feet in the air yeah <laughs> um speaking of characters i really enjoyed the characters i think leon's great in it um ashley even though i think she's a little um useless that's kind of the point um i think she's cool uh i think leon probably should have took her up on her offer at the end of the game um instead of trying to go after hunnigan but that's just me uh i think the story what did you think go ahead i'm sorry to touch on the characters what did you think after so you actually played resident evil 2 remake before you played resident evil 4 Mm -hmm. so you had a little taste of leon's character and then you see what he's now become yeah what did you think of of that seeing the transition from how he was before as a you know amateur policeman to um working for like the government and the president essentially? well there is what six years between two and this game something like that there's a couple yeah, this of, takes place in like 2004 or 5 i think yeah there's a couple of years after right so in resident evil 2 he's a little bitch right like he just he just joined the police department he goes there for his first day or whatever it was and like everything is shit so he kind of gets thrown into you know the fish out of the water type of story with that um he's not in resident evil 3 
And then he's back in this, you know, doing some fucking shit. Uh, but he's been through some shit. And clearly, the as edgy as some of his lines are, like, where his character was in 2 to where it is in 4, like, clearly he has a lot more confidence. Like, he can handle himself. Like, he doesn't give a fuck anymore. Um, he's seen some shit, man. He has seen some shit. He's been through the fucking ringer. Um, so I think that's cool to kind of compare that where he was in 2 to where he is in 4. Um, and now I will say this. Uh, which might be an unpopular opinion. Um, maybe because I played it more. Maybe I need to play through Resident Evil 4 more. I think I like Resident Evil 2 more than the Resident Evil 4. Um, I, well, I really, I really enjoy the different... That you can play as different characters in Resident Evil 2. Go ahead. Hmm. No, go ahead. I just want to say that Resident Evil 2 Remake wouldn't be what it is if not for Resident Evil 4. You're right. Because the original, because the original was not Evil like 2 that. Is nothing. Yeah. So I guess yeah. there should be more specific Resident Evil 2 remake. I just like that you see it, the same thing happening from different angles. Um, and I like Claire. Um, so that might it's be definitely a, a unique storytelling. Might be an unpopular method. opinion, but I don't know. Well, I know it is going to be an unpopular opinion, but hey, that's just like my opinion, man. Um, but yeah, it's cool. So make sure you check out our, our series on that if you have not yet. Um, we both put a lot of work into it. Uh, it was many, many weeks um, on end. You know, it is the reason we got to 500 subscribers plus. Uh, we had some awesome new community members, um, including from like Saudi Arabia and stuff, which is awesome. Um, and I think that live stream series was kind of an example of what we ultimately always wanted the channel to be, was just people hanging out, talking about games and enjoying them, which is kind of really what it felt like with our community with that series. So that was cool. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, really, what, what else? Yeah, really quickly, other stuff that I'm playing. Uh, I actually don't know. I'm probably forgetting. <clears throat> oh my god, I beat Days Gone. Uh, I platinum it. Uh, stay tuned for more about Days Gone from our channel. I'll be having something for you all in the future regarding that. <laughs> um, I am playing a lot of MLB The Show. Nice on Xbox. <laughs> so weird. For free with Game Pass. Uh, so that, weird. That game... Such a fucking mess, dude. Um, listen, it, it, there's no reason that I play the games, right? Because I enjoy them. Like, there's a loop there. Uh, it's a mess. You need to fix it. You need to overhaul it. It needs a new engine. Uh, I'm really happy for people on Xbox that have no experience with the game. But as somebody that spends 40, 50 hours every year in MLB games, it's a fucking mess. Fix it. Okay. Bring fix, back 2K. Fix dude. it. Uh, 2K was the Bring superior. Bring back MLB 2K. Was the superior uh, baseball game. Um, yeah. I'm probably missing other games, but uh, other stuff. Everything that you said. Uh, Skate the Infinity as well. Anime, which is cool. Yep. Movies. I watched Godzilla vs. Kong, which I fucking loved. Steam. Fucking slick. Anybody that doesn't like that movie, I don't like you, and your opinion sucks. Um, that movie gave me. So many things, first of all, that we haven't seen before in monster movies and everything I wanted. Uh, Adam Wingard is a great director. He's fucking slick. Uh, I watched The Wolf of Snow Hollow, which is a fucking great fucking werewolf horror movie. Uh, I've heard great things about that. Dude, you would absolutely love that movie. You have to watch it. Robert Forrester is in it. Uh, last One of the last movies he did before he died um oh. fucking just if you're a horror fan watch that because it is so good um watch underwater which was a wreck from you 
was not interested in that movie, but I gave it a try because both you and our friend Sean liked it. That movie is also fucking slick. Uh, it's got issues, but you know, sometimes you just have to suspend your uh, belief, disbelief, whatever, and enjoy it. Uh, fucking monster design and everything. The last act of that movie is nuts. And I love that that yeah. movie just kind of throws you into it. Like, there's no, it doesn't give a fuck about the characters. It doesn't give a fuck about anything else. It's like, let's fucking go. And it's balls to the wall from the very beginning. And there's some not good shit in that movie. Did you notice that um, the, I don't remember if he was a captain or what. Did you notice that that's Vincent Castle? Yeah. The guy who plays um, in that movie, La- Lion? Yeah. Yeah. That's nut. That to me, that was yeah, nuts. Because like I haven't seen him in really much. He's huge, dude. Lion was. I haven't seen him in a lot. Really, the first. I mean, that was what put him on the radar. Um, but yeah. yeah, he's been in a lot of movies, um, and he's a great actor. Um, he is. Shame the fate that his character meets in that movie. Spoilers. Um, but it's so cool. That movie is does so many cool fucking things, uh, and it's really a shame. Uh, you know, it was a you know, a fucking unique original monster movie concept that felt like you're watching like a, almost like a space movie, but underwater. And it just, it does, it's just so cool, man. Uh, I really love that movie a lot. Um, and then I also watched last one, last thing is, uh, that movie, nobody with Bob Odenkirk, which is basically like John wick. Um, but with Bob Odenkirk, uh, and that movie is so good it's fucking slaps it slaps made by the people that made hardcore henry right that's correct yep um yeah yeah nobody slaps it is i love movies that are just like we really don't care about the characters or anything we're just gonna build fucking big dick sequences of action and this movie delivers uh the premise of it where john wicket was a dog and this movie what sets him off is uh his daughter's kitty cat bracelet is stolen supposedly uh and that's what kind of it's not a parody though right no 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 no. it's its own thing it doesn't try to be john wick it's just in the sense where it's like an action movie with a dude that's on like a fucking mission um so it's cool man uh that's pretty much it uh why don't we hop hop into our main topics for the day shall we yeah let's do it you want me to take the first one do it brother all right so josh uh, a lot of stuff's come out in recent months uh about playstation what is PlayStation doing right now? Jason Schreier put out a great article about how Sony and PlayStation seem to have a obsession with, you know, big blockbuster Hollywood style games, and mm-hmm. that might hurt them in the long run. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you have, you know, opinions about that article, and you, uh, you know, mm-hmm. I know you're a huge fan of Schreier, so it's I'll true. let you speak to that. But big news uh, coming out of Jim Ryan. Apparently, Jim Ryan says the PlayStation has been quietly investing in PS5 exclusives, which to me, it's like I believe it. But at the same time, it's like, you know, where's the proof in the pudding? I need to see. I need to see it to believe it. Um, So speaking to Nikkei, which I might be butchering that name, but it's a Japanese uh, media source. Uh, Jim Ryan, the PlayStation boss, said that the company has been quietly investing in the creation of first party software. And that it could pursue further merger and acquisition opportunities to bolster in its in-house development capabilities. He said, we've been quietly but steadily investing in high-quality games for PlayStation, and we will make sure that the PS5 generation will have more dedicated software than ever before. Big claim. Big claim, considering the strength of Sony's first-party studios. 
Yeah. In production. So right? let's, there's a couple parts to this, uh, this PlayStation got games topic, mm -hmm. but let's just dive into this one, Josh. Okay. So basically let's talk about PlayStation, you know, and their merger and acquisition uh, move here. Okay. We've we've seen it with you know Final Fantasy. The next Final Fantasy game is a PlayStation exclusive, seemingly. Right. Um, so this isn't this isn't like you know out of the ordinary. PlayStation's been making deals like this uh, for a long time, but it sounds like this is going to be like super exclusive uh, to PlayStation. You know, they're developing it alongside Sony, essentially. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts? What do you think? Listen, Sony already has super strong first-party stuff, right? And yep. I think acquiring more studios, right, is a great idea, given the fact that at least initially, Sony is usually, you know, from what I've heard, uh, is really great, right, with fostering those first-party studios, kind of allowing them to do what they want, um, and providing huge fucking budgets for those games, right? Yeah. Um where I take pause, and I don't know all the details, right, is first of all, I think this statement from Jim Ryan is a direct correlation to that Schreier article and a lot of the heat that PlayStation's been taking the last couple weeks from that Bloomberg and Schreier article, where in that article, which, by the way, I do I do like Jason Schreier. I have some significant issues with this article, um, more so than other things, including the fact that he updated it to take names of people out of it that were calling him out for basically not knowing the full story, uh, including ex-people that were directors at Ben Studio. I I have issues with the article. I'll leave it at that because at that, it's not super relevant. But anyway, I, I take pause because I'm worried that if it is to be believed that PlayStation is not willing to take as many risks under Jim Ryan and specifically Herman Hulst's too, um, these guys are not Shuhei Yoshida. They're not Sean Layden. They're not Andrew House, right? To me, they seem so much more corporate. And honestly, I kind of fucking find them disgusting and I really don't like them as a fan. Um, I think they don't communicate enough. Um, and I think they're businessmen, which is not a problem, but I think they're kind of abysmal. That's just that's just the kind of feeling I get. I look back at Sean Layden, right? Uh, what th Just the way that he spoke about games. And the proof is in the pudding, right? Because he was fucking, and Andrew House, right? Look at fucking uh, Kojima's game. They were willing to be like, yeah, this is risky. But you know what? We're going to fucking double down. We're going to put money in it. It doesn't matter if it's a multi-million seller. Hey, there's a fan base here. There's a sect of gamers here that we can target. Let's release something for them. Um, so that's that's yeah. it. I just take a little bit of pause because I'm worried that they'll start acquiring some of these smaller studios, give them hope. They make one game. Maybe it isn't a multi-million seller. And then the PlayStation's like, ah, yeah, we're not going to fund another one of these. So you're going to go work on this other thing for like Naughty Dog, for example. Yeah. Don't do that. I agree with you. I think that Jim Ryan is more so of a businessman. You could take him, you could pluck him out of PlayStation and put him in a completely different organization in a completely different industry, and he would do just fine. Yeah. Um, and ju just that, just fine. Mm -hmm. uh, he wouldn't do amazing. I think that he's a businessman first and, you know, the boss of PlayStation uh, second. Right. Uh, you know, he's said things in the past that kind of like show his true colors. You know, he was looking at what game series was it? Forza mm -hmm. or not Forza? Um, it wasn't Forza. It was um, Gran Turismo. Mm -hmm. And he was he was at an event where there were people were playing like old Gran Turismo games, I believe. And he was like, why would anyone want to play these things? Look, the graphics are so bad. 
And a real gamer and a real, you know, PlayStation head would have been like, that's our legacy. You know what I mean? That's a franchise that means a lot to our fans. And the graphics don't matter. It's it's the games themselves and the memories and the nostalgia right. that these, these right. gamers a, have for the it. The preservation aspect of it, which I know is another part of this story, like the PS3 yeah. and Vita store stuff, which is related to all of this, that they were closing it and now they're not because fans were like, hey, don't fucking do that. Anyway. Yeah. So just to name a couple things that, you know, Sony's done recently uh, in terms of, you know, merging and acquiring studios, they just bought Insomniac. Insomniac is a, a true first party Sony, you know, studio now. Right. Uh, they always kind of were, uh, you know, a Sony studio with the Ratchet and Clank games. Right. But we did see them take a little dip over on, you know, the Xbox side with Sunset Overdrive. Um, and now they're back. Now they're back with Sony exclusive this time for good. So, um, you know, maybe we'll see more studios come out of the woodwork and get signed to Sony. Xbox is doing a great job right now. Mm -hmm. They're signing all these studios. Um, PlayStation needs to catch up. And there was a recent leak, Josh. There was a big Capcom leak. Mm -hmm. And there was some stuff that came out about Sony and exclusivity deals with Monster Hunter World. I don't know if you caught mm -hmm. this. Essentially, Sony paid to have uh, Monster Hunter World and I believe, well, maybe World, but definitely Iceborne, the DLC, yeah. come to PlayStation first. Mm -hmm. um, and they also paid for certain games to run better on PlayStation and for the games to be throttled on Xbox. So I think Sony needs to stop doing things like that and spending their money on things like that that, you know, truly are just hurting the game industry because you're, you're letting less people play it. Um, and they need to start investing their money in actual studios that are going to be making games that can make them money. Mm -hmm. Well, compare so that compare that too just to Oh, uh, listen. It's it's no secret that we are PlayStation fans. Right? Yeah. Um it's a platform that we favored for a while now. I to me as a gamer, right? As a consumer, as a gamer, Xbox's philosophy of more access to more games for more people I love that. Game Pass is the best deal in gaming. It's the best so software thing, platform, whatever. It's the best thing in gaming right now, right? And PlayStation's losing to that. And that's fine, right? That's healthy competition. That's good. But don't be shady about it. Double down and figure out a way to compete, just like Xbox did. They fucked the duck on the Xbox One generation. They did, right? They had terrible leadership at the beginning of it. You know who I'm fucking talking about. We have a system for that. It's called Xbox 360. Go fuck yourself, Don fucking Cucktrick. Um, and then they brought in Phil Spencer, and you see the total like paradigm shift of their philosophy. And guess what? It's working. It is working. People like it, right? So PlayStation needs to kind of catch up with that. And I'll echo a tweet that I sent out a couple weeks ago when this news and this article broke is, you know, last gen's heroes are next gen's villains. And that if some of these things are to be believed, that's fine. And I'm sorry, Jim Ryan, but I'm not going to take you at face value, my man. You haven't earned that. I don't trust you. I don't like you as a gamer. Herman Hulse, I don't trust you. I don't like you, okay? For, as a consumer, as a gamer, right, totally not like digging into the probably more rational thinking side of that is that I, I don't like them in those positions. I don't find them appealing, um, and they <clears throat> really worry me. They really, truly worry me about the brand and what they're doing. Yeah, and I think that we would maybe like them a little bit more if they were more open and actually doing things that the gamers want. Mm -hmm. um, case in point, Josh, 
the PlayStation 3 and PlayStation Vita stores were going to be shut down. Right. And, you know, they, they actually put out a blog post where they were like, hey, guys, we messed up. You know, we mm. understand that. We're going to keep the stores open for you know, the current time being, yeah. who knows how long that's going to be. It could just be an extension of six months. It could be a year could right. be for, uh, you know, even longer, but that kind of stuff shows goodwill towards the PlayStation community and they actually care. And, you know, um, yeah. So I just think, like you said, Phil Spencer came in, he, he, you know, it was a paradigm shift in Xbox's culture and Xbox's marketing and Xbox's, you know, as a brand who they are. I feel like we're seeing a paradigm shift with PlayStation as well, but for the bad and it's with Jim Ryan. And if he wants to prove that he's cool and that he's, you know, down the hang and that he's actually for the players, I think he needs to be more open. And maybe this statement from him, this, you know, this statement that holds no weight whatsoever that I read at the top of the segment, maybe that's his, him trying. I don't know. I don't know. But Josh, um, before we move on from PlayStation, there is one thing I want to talk about. Um, a potential publishing partnership that was recently announced uh playstation and firewalk studios are going to be publishing partners for a new original multiplayer ip Who's and you firewalk? assume that this is i'll explain that in a second okay so you, you would assume josh that you know this is going to be an exclusive but we're seeing now playstation games on xbox and on pc mm -hmm. so Truthfully, I don't know if this is going to be a PlayStation exclusive, but it is a new original multiplayer IP that's being published by uh, PlayStation. So Firewalk, who are they? They're a new development team that is part of the Probably Monsters Collective of Studios and was set up by former Bungie veterans. Now, you're going to recognize a couple names here, Josh, and one you're not going to expect. Uh, studio head of Bungie... To oh, no, I'm sorry. Studio head of uh, Firewalk is Tony Sue. Previously general manager and senior vice president of Destiny at Activision, game director Ryan Ellis, previously creative director at Bungie, and executive producer Elena Sigmund, previously what? of Rational Games and Harmonics. So, Josh and I know Elena Sigmund more for her, her music from the Call of Duty Zombies uh, franchise, but Josh, she's actually been a, uh, a producer of games. Dude, and I had more, no more notably, idea. Destiny. Yeah, I had no so she's, idea. She's uh tapped on here. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. So I don't know anything else about this original multiplayer IP, but you know, it sounds like it's a lot of Destiny guys attached to it. Mm -hmm. So you know, hopefully it's something cool. That's all I got for you. Wow. That's right. <laughs> Alright, let's move on. Thought I'd blow your mind real quick with the Elena Sigma name drop. Yeah. So, Brett, a couple weeks ago, at the time of recording this, Capcom had their showcase, right? Their Resident Evil yes. showcase, uh, which I live streamed. Uh, so that's on the channel if you want to watch my live reactions to that. In that showcase, Brett, they had stuff for Resident Evil Village. They had stuff about the upcoming anime series on Netflix, the movie, everything. But also, to everybody's surprise, they announced a new Resident Evil 4 remake, but not the one that you would think. A VR version. A first-person VR version. Made for the Oculus Quest 2. So anyway, they announced this game, right? Uh, Resident Evil 4 remake VR uh, for the Oculus Quest 2. 
first person. Uh, so just some information about it, and then we'll we'll dive into it. Uh, basically, uh, it is a first person now VR experience, right? With basic VR controls, comfort controls, teleportation, you know, quarter turns, half whatever, all that shit. Um, and apparently, they have uh, modified some enemy counters, kind of to lend itself more so to the first person experience. But the real thing with this, Brett, is that it's for the Oculus Quest 2, and there's been no announcements for any other VR platforms. That's right. What are your thoughts? My thoughts are that it looks fucking awesome, and I can't believe it, and it's such a random thing. I feel like some dude at... I feel like Oculus is the one that developed this, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Studio within I feel like... Yeah, I feel like someone was like, you know, just fucking around. They made this as like a tech demo, and then they got Capcom's permission to like actually make it real. Yeah. Um, and it's just it's it's so weird because we've been hearing you know there's going to be a Resident Evil Four remake. It's delayed. It's not coming out. And now this is out, and it's like just the weirdest. No one saw this coming. Right. It's just so strange. Um, I think that it should. I wish it would come to PSVR, but I feel like it's an Oculus Quest exclusive kind of thing. So. Yeah, at least for now. Um, yeah, it's interesting. we did just wrap up. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I just wanted to mention we did just wrap up our Resident Evil 4 live stream series. If you guys haven't seen that, go check out our channel. It was Josh's first time actually watching or playing. Uh, sorry, Resident Evil 4. So mm -hmm. uh, we live streamed the whole the whole game. It's all on our channel. And Josh, I'm just I'm thinking about it now that I have the game fresh in my mind. There's so many boss fights in Resident Evil 4. Mm -hmm. That would be so cool to play in VR. Yeah. And there's some fast-paced moments in the game as well that I, I can't even imagine what it would be like in VR. Right. Um, specifically, like, the Krauser knife fight in VR. Like, yeah. Dude, <laughs> that's got to be sick, you know? Like, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. So, it's... Listen, it's cool. Um, I really... I don't understand... The move from Capcom's side to limit it, though, to Oculus Quest 2. Uh, as far as the VR space goes, I feel like that's one of the smaller communities. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, I hope... It's growing. Yeah, I hope in the long term, though, it does come to other platforms. Vive, you know, whatever, and obviously PSVR uh, for our sake. Um, I hope it does eventually, but I don't know. I don't know. We have Now, we have seen... Uh, other Oculus games get ported to other things. Uh, look at, you know, Vader Immortal, um, which was originally just made for the Quest, I believe. Uh, the original Quest. Yeah. Um, you know, so I think we could see it eventually, and I hope we do. But, uh, yeah, it's cool. I don't know. Yeah, I think that boss fight on the lake, throwing the harpoons in first person would be really cool. Delago. Um, yeah, Delago. Some of the giant bosses, like um, Salazar. Yeah. Like, that would just be so cool to see in VR. Yeah. Game is definitely um, going to be more hectic. That's true. And the game's going to be more fast-paced, right? Especially if you're doing VR movement. It's not going to be tanky like uh, it currently is. Uh, so that's yeah. interesting. Yeah, and that, that goes to the, the point that you made several times about how Resident Evil 4 is so unique in that they make you stop complete movement in order to, you know, make your shots. Mm -hmm. And it almost adds to the horror aspect of it. Right. And I wonder how it's going to feel playing it in VR because obviously, well, maybe you will. Well, I, do you have to stop to shoot in VR? Like, I don't think, I don't know if that's going to be a thing. I don't know. So, I don't know. Maybe not, you know? Maybe not. So in a way, they're taking away like a really potentially integral part. Yeah, potentially. You know? I don't know. 
But nonetheless, it's cool. Hope it comes to other platforms. So, yeah. All right, Brett. Our last main topic of the day before we move into Indie Intel. Knights of the Old Republic is among, some would argue is, the most, the greatest Star Wars game ever made. Okay? It is a great game for two reasons. One, the story, slick. Two, the gameplay, turn-based, RPG, slick. Here's the thing. We want a remake. Star Wars fans have wanted a remake for a long time. Star Wars fans have wanted more stories in the KOTOR era, right? Haven't really gotten it at all. But recently, Brett, there has been several rumors about a remake of Knights of the Old Republic in the pipeline. Okay. Now, as with all rumors, right, before they are officially announced, take it with a grain of salt. But with this story, it has come from somebody called Mr. Matty Plays, which if you are a Star Wars fan, you know that he is right almost 100% of the time. Uh, I don't know who his sources are, uh, but they're, he's got friends in high places. Uh, who is he, a YouTuber? He's a YouTuber. You know, he has a Twitter account. Um, he has leaked a lot of stuff in the past, and it's basically always true. Uh, How does he know? He's got a source. I don't know. Uh, similar, Corey Van Dyke, uh, who is a Twitter Star Wars leaker person, whatever, um, you know, they are kind of usually go toe for toe with this stuff. And usually if one of them says it, I pretty much believe it. Um, but anyway, so he says uh, that Asper Studios, uh, which for those of you that don't know, are basically a studio that has done other remakes uh, or ports really more so of older Star Wars games to consoles and more modern platforms. They've done Pod Racer, um, Star Wars Jedi Knight. I believe they've also published things like Observer and other stuff like that. Um, they do Bounty Hunter as well. Yeah, yeah. So they like those PS4 ports. Yeah. So they they've done they've done a shit ton of games. Um, they're they're a decent studio, but apparently they are developing this remake. Uh, I guess think like kind of like a Blue Point almost type thing. <clears throat> okay. So. That's great. I would love a remake of this game. I'd love the game again. Remaster, whatever. I want it. But some very, very, very bad news with this remake, potentially. What's that? According to Mr. Matty Plays, this KOTOR remake is going to be doing away with the real-time, turn-based combat system that's in the original game and being making it more of an action RPG. So I'm confused here. Real-time turn-based, what does that mean? Is, is it real-time or is it turn-based? It's it it's real-time in the fact that it's not... Uh, it, it's not like a Persona type of turn-based thing, right? Like, the the movement or the actions and everything uh, resolve at the same time, right? So you make your choices okay. and then it goes to the, the resolution of them, okay? Gotcha. Action RPG is more like a... Hack and slash? You know, I mean, yeah, think of Dynasty Warriors, whatever, things like that. I don't want that. I don't want that at all. People have made the argument that that's not what made the original KOTOR great. I fucking disagree. I disagree wholeheartedly. 
because like I said, there's two things that I love about the game, the story and the combat. It's super satisfying, right? And I'm a huge RPG fan in general. I prefer the more strategic thought-based combat systems, right? If they turn this into just like a shoot 'em up right? Or think, I don't know, something like The Witcher, where it's just, you know, happening and you play it. Uh, that takes the pure DNA and the stakes of the original game and kind of guts them out. Uh, I think yeah, it sounds like you'd be more so mindlessly clicking. Yeah. To uh, do damage. You I think know? this is a terrible idea. Um, I think from hardcore fans like myself, you are not going to win any, anybody over with that. Uh, and for somebody like me, that's like, yeah, I want a remake of this game. I'd love to play the shit out of that. I'm not fucking playing an action RPG version of it. Why would I want that? That's not a remake. Then you're creating a new game because that's not what the game is. Uh, yeah. and I just, I have such an issue with that. Um, it's a reimagining, not a remake. Yeah. And that's not to say that it won't be good either. Uh, but I'm just telling you from my perspective as a KOTOR fan of the original game, uh, I don't want to fucking play an action-based version of it because that's not what the game is. Well, what if it's, what if it's not a remake and it's a new, it's a new game entirely, but it was just inspired by Kotor, and it's like, uh, you know, like a spiritual successor in a way, and that's just how they designed the combat to be. Then would you be, would you try it? Would you be cool with it? Maybe as long as there's, it shares shares none of the same story elements. So you're basically saying like it's just the fact that they're calling it Kotor and it's not Kotor. Yes, there there is that game has a very specific formative story to my fandom of Star Wars, okay? There are engagements in that game that lend themselves to and only to turn-based combat. If you take them away, I don't fucking like you because that's not what the game is. So if you gotcha. want to make a KOTOR-era game, fine, but do not take the story and the elements of this game and transpose them into something that it is not because then I have an issue with it. I think it's like now my opinion about Resident Evil 4. If you make a remake of that game and you have to you don't stop and shoot, then it's not Resident Evil 4. It's just not. I don't know. Whatever. It's a good point. It just fundamentally changed the DNA of the game. Uh, and I'm sure people felt the same way about Resident Evil 2 and 3 when they took you're away probably the, right. you know, and, the camera and angle. And I like those games, you know, from a gameplay perspective. So you're right. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm being stupid, but that's just my thoughts and feelings. No, I, you're, and you're entitled to that. And I, I honestly haven't played enough of this game to have an opinion. I actually don't even know if I've gotten into any of the combat because mm. this does not sound like something I am familiar with. Um, but I tried it out and I uh, made a character. And honestly, you know, this kind of a game, I'm I'm down for that, regardless of if it's the turn-based or if it's more like uh, Jedi Fallen Order, where it's like an action RPG. Mm -hmm. I don't care. I, I'm excited, because I do want to get into this story. I do want to know mm -hmm. more about this era of Star Wars, because mm -hmm. um, it is slick from what I've seen. It's very so. slick. It's like Game of Thrones, but Star Wars. Yeah. It was kind yeah, of Game yeah, of Thrones yeah, exactly. before Game of Thrones was Game of Thrones, you know? Exactly. So... And the warring houses are the Jedi and the Sith. So. Interesting. Anyway, that's it. All right. Well, Josh, then let us move on to our weekly topic, Indie Intel, where we take a look at an indie game and share it with our friends and our viewers here today. Let's do it. Josh, this week. Yes. 
I'm going to be showing you a game called Unbeatable. Yes. Unbeatable is a game where music is illegal and you do crimes. That's their that's their uh, their tagline. Mm -hmm. So right off the bat, where music is illegal, it sounds a little bit like Footloose. Just saying. You're right. Just, just going to point that out there. But this is the furthest thing from Footloose, Josh. This is an anime-looking rhythm game masterpiece. Mm -hmm. Wow. Uh, just from what I've Deeming seen. Deeming it a I masterpiece so, already. Dude, just from what I've seen, this has so much potential, and I, I truly cannot believe it. And hopefully, uh, in editing, we'll have some clips on the screen now or before I started talking or something, so you can at least see what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Holy shit, this game looks so good. The anime style is like Studio Trigger, if you guys know who they are. Mm -hmm. They've done Kill la Kill. Um, that's what the, the art style reminds me of, and it's like uncanny. It's It's so good. Um, so let's just, I'll just go into it a little bit more and describe the game. So it's an anime juiced rhythm adventure with a heavy focus on music and emotions. Um, I got to tell you, Josh, the flavor text is on fleek with this game and the Kickstarter campaign. Um, the style, it's like persona five levels style in their presentation. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, it's being developed by D cell games who are located in Fairfax, Virginia. Mm -hmm. So United States. Yep. Very interesting. Josh, this game was funded. Yes. In 15 hours. Yes. They were only asking for $55,000. Yes. And they are at $169,137 at the time of us recording this game. Yes. Uh, so they describe the gameplay as a narratively hyper-focused, dense exploration game where two-button rhythm combat powers more or less... Everything. Everything. That doesn't sound like actual English but we played the demo both of us yes so we have our we have our thoughts yes what do you what did you think of the demo after you played it slick that's my very uh in-depth thought uh you know anal analysis is it slick it takes I love games right that have such simple mechanics but clearly mm -hmm. easy to pick up hard to master right Super yep. simple concept, but, you know, you have parts in the uh, demo where, you know, basically you have to hit, I played on a keyboard, so you have to hit one key to hit up, you know, another key to hit down, but you have these other things that you have to smash down on, so you have to hit up and then hit down really quick, so you smash on it, you have stuff that you have to hold, and then you have combos, and you have to go between the different, you know, levels of it, it's, listen, it's slick, and I will say this, yeah. of the flavor text on their Kickstarter, um, the one of the most interesting things to me, given the fact that I'm a Persona fan, is they say uh, one half is this: you explore the game world, meeting terrible people, and building a set list for your upcoming concerts. Right, helping strangers, practicing with bandmates, sleeping in all day—it's your funeral. Here's the part: you only have so many days before each big event. That so you choose what you do. Yeah, that reminds me of Persona, where like, okay, you have to utilize your time. I'm gonna go into the dungeon. I have to beat the dungeon my first time through. If I don't, it's gonna fuck up my timeline. I can't talk with other people. I can't build up my relationships with other people and the characters. I might miss out on story events, things like that. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah, and then the other half of the game, it says here, is an arcade, flawless rhythm gameplay powered by an entirely original soundtrack. Which, by the way, the music is fantastic from what I've heard so far. Um, it's simple but frenetic. Sure, there's only two buttons, but there's a lot of visual variety to the set-piece styled battles. 
<clears throat> once it groove exclusively to the rhythm gameplay, there's going to be an arcade mode available for you to play from the start. Mm -hmm. So if you're only in it for the arcade and you're not in it for the persona, you know, side quest exploration stuff, there's an arcade mode. You can do that. Um, it reminds me a lot of obviously like a guitar hero rock band, um, but more recently, like, or I should say back in the day, Parappa the Rapper. Yes. And then more recently, yes. more more recently, they did uh, this game called Friday Night Funkin', which is becoming very popular. It's a Flash game mm -hmm. or a, you know, an internet game. Not Flash anymore. It's not Flash anymore. Mm -hmm. That's why I kind of bit my tongue there. Uh, so it, it reminds me of that. And I think that it could be very popular because of that, because Friday Night Funkin' is exploding right now. There's so many YouTubers playing it and streamers playing it. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I feel like this game, you know, could do really well. Um, there's a couple of stretch goals. They're trying to get uh, online multiplayer if they reach, uh, I think, 200 or no, 300,000 dollars. If you reach two hundred thousand dollars, they're going to add uh, acoustic versions of all the songs and remixes of the songs. Yeah. So, you know, they're they're really just adding awesome content. The more you uh, the more you uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Donate or the more you put forth. Mm. Um, so, yeah, man, I saw this on Twitter and I was like, oh, this looks like a cool anime series. And then it wasn't an anime series. It was a video game. And I was like, mm -hmm. OK. And then it was a rhythm game. And I was like, OK. And then I watched the trailer and I was like, OK. And I sent it to you and uh, you liked it, too. So, yeah, go check it out, guys. Uh, the yeah. Kickstarter link is in the description. That's right. And um, as well as the demo will be in the description if you want to check out that. Yeah, so they have a demo called the I think the white label demo. Mm -hmm. There's like three versions of it out right now. I would say download the most recent one, obviously. Right. Uh, and then there's going to be a demo on Steam in the coming weeks. Right. Which so, you can wish list right now. That's right. So check it out. Yeah. I'm gonna back this one. I think it was twenty seven dollars to get the game. Mm -hmm. So really not expensive at all. Yeah. Uh, I do too want to shout them great. out as well. Looking at their Kickstarter page, um, which I think is important and. You know, it's always been important, but is in getting more uh, visibility now. Um, is they talk about their accessibility features on the Kickstarter page, um, and it clearly they're designing a lot of elements with the entire game with accessibility in mind, which is super important, and you know, increasingly so is gaining more um, visibility for the need of it, I guess, in the gaming community. Uh, and I think a lot of that has to do with look at all the assist modes or the accessibility features that like the last of us two had right which kind of is spearheading yeah. more of a conversation about this stuff you look at um hellblade like Sinua's sacrifice and stuff with that so i think it's cool uh, and important um and a good practice that they listed it on their kickstarter page as well and the real reason i bring it up right for those of you that don't know already is i am colorblind um and it has an option on here, which they list, which is the first time I've seen on a Kickstarter ever. It says options for colorblind users, uh, which nice is important. So, yep, that's why I bring it up. I just wanted to shout them out, too, for that, because I think it's important. I think it's a good practice uh, because you want to make sure as many people can play your game as possible. So. Absolutely. And I just want to point out as well, it looks like that the um, D-Cell Games, the creator, they actually launched this campaign back in the end of March mm -hmm. and they canceled it. It only got $44, two people backed it, and then they canceled it. So I'm not sure what happened there. But um, after they relaunched it, it went absolutely nuts. And like I said, it was funded in only 15 hours. Yeah. So, you know, good job to them. They created a great trailer. Uh, the trailer's fantastic. Yes. So go check it out, guys. Yeah.
All right. That's it. This was a quick one, Josh. Very quick podcast, about 47. Was it? You know, something like that. Yeah, it was a quick one. It's hmm. all right. Getting back in the saddle, you know, we, we just got off a night of streaming for three hours. Again, if you haven't checked it out, Resident Evil 4 live stream series has concluded. It is over. Uh, I think it's seven parts. Yep. And the most recent episode was three hours long, three hours of live streaming. So that was last night. We are a little tired. Right. Um, so bear with us as we get back into this. Yes. Podcast thing. Yeah. Well, listen, folks, make sure you like the video. Make sure you're subscribed to the channel. Make sure you hit that notification bell. Make sure you follow us on all of our social media, which you can find in the description. Make sure you uh, brush your teeth before you go to bed. Make sure you do your laundry one. every week. Got to do that after this podcast. Yep. Make sure you're getting paid uh, and you're not getting taken advantage of by the man. Um, and most yeah, and most importantly, last but not least, make sure you suck us off. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> well, thank you guys for watching. We appreciate you. Uh, if you're new to the channel because of our Resident Evil live stream series, welcome and thank you for joining mm -hmm. us. Um, if you didn't know, we upload this full podcast by itself. But before we do that, we upload it in segments for each topic. So uh, if you if you only were interested in a couple of topics today, next time, just only watch the videos that you were interested in when we upload them as a discussion videos on our channel. So, uh, yeah, that's all I got, Josh. All right, everybody. We Thank will you. see you next time. Thanks. Thank you for watching Haptic Guest. Please like and subscribe. Hit the notification bell so you do not miss an upload.